Welcome to Mindful Space to Pause. Your host is Dee Lee. In our show, you'll experience what it means to take a break, get in tune with your true self, and be in the present. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee. Welcome to our show, Mindful Space to Pause. My name is Dee Lee, and I'm your host today as we explore practicing presence with intentional visual cues. We can begin applying this immediately as we embark on this personal design assignment of ourselves. Rumi said, keep knocking and the joy inside will eventually open a window and look out to see who is there. When you pause for a moment in your day, how do you remind yourself to shift and make this an expected valuable part of your time focus? Do you put post-it notes for yourself in your living and working environments with key words or phrases to remind yourself to act? Do you use images to invite you yourself to pause and take a break? Or do you completely ignore all of the open reminder invitations and just keep on doing whatever you are focused on? Aristotle made a discovery over 2,000 years ago that thinking always includes imagery. When this message, what this message implies is that we need to embrace visualization as the empowering strategy in our practicing efforts to be more present. The intentional visual cues that we use can help us integrate imagery into our present experiences. And today we're exploring intentional visual cues, um, which we can use to process and retrieve experiences and immediately use in our daily practice. A lot of research has been done on visual cues and it um, also just in visual imagery, and it actually helps us to retrieve and remember information. There's a lot of visual learning that takes place, and as we've gone through our own individual lives, it's interesting how much information is coming through to us in a visual sense, and we may not really be aware of it. So, our brain is really uh, both an image processor and also a word processor, but the fact is that most of the words um, that we end up processing is uh, very much lower in the quality and also how how much we use it um, versus how much imagery shows up and how we actually process that. Because words are more abstract and it's difficult in our word process because um, our brain doesn't retain words. they We have more visuals that we retain. And actually, it's more like we have a story, which becomes in our mind, you know, a, a script almost. And some of it has to do with ourselves, um, how we, we respond to imagery and also our experiences from an emotional perspective. And there's a lot of... Um, effort that's been working with different vocabulary words and it's it's something where we try to um, really focus on the the word descriptions and how does it relate to other words and, and when we're learning a language we we need to really focus on the words but then we start becoming more available to um, put emotion behind the different meanings of these words too so um, when we start, 
visualizing experiences, you know, our memory is not um, of a word concerning that uh, description. It's more of a, an experience. And as your mind is looking at it from that experiential perspective, you can find yourself floating up all kinds of different uh, imagery that maybe you forgot about. And uh, your mind still keeps um, committed to uh, memory a lot of your experiences. And when you attach an emotion, that could be even a, a, a newer uh, connection. So there's a lot of um, understanding about you know visual imagery, and especially um, with looking at uh, how how people remember things. You know, if if you have s some separate words, and you're trying to commit to uh, defining those words or seeing the relationships. Um, some people cannot even recall those. They get stuck um, with the set of words, and then they cannot remember any of them. But if you associate these um, words together with some kind of a visual uh, story, you can see this, the words themselves and then put together a story that, that is easier to recall. And in that in, in our minds, we can then um, be successful in, in being able to retrieve that. So, um, visuals can be all kinds of different tools, you know, photos, illustrations, um, different sketches, uh, concepts, uh, maps. Um, there's ways that uh, visuals can be um, almost uh, understood like logos. Um, different logos are such that the, the goal would be that you, uh, if you're creating a, a business logo, um, that um, essentially you want to have a brand that is going to have a graphic that people can easily remember, not so much the words. And it's very effective in memory process too, because sometimes the brand will be a specific type of thing that um, becomes almost emotion attached to it. So people are going to remember the brand before they maybe remember the name of the company. Um, and it's interesting that the abstract and different concepts that come up too, that uh, it can become more learning focused with putting some emotion to the learning and um, that way as we mentioned uh, every visual that comes up um, has something attached that you personally can relate to and that brings up prior experience and that helps in the understanding of something. So based upon research you know there's a lot of different um, efforts here too because the visual uh, cues or a variety of different things, but also it can be helpful in using the tools so that you're able to learn faster or comprehend something and retrieve it and be able to add to the um, the experience. And so uh, cues themselves, the word cue is really an organization of data, and it gives a signal to actually um, allow someone to um, move forward or extrapolate on certain events. So like a sensory cue um, includes 
uh, visual cues, auditory cues, um, different environmental cues, and they're really looking at um, perception and some of the appearance of how things look. A visual cue is a signal and a reminder um, of something. So you want to have it, it possibly a, a uh, reminder for an experience. Um, that maybe you're having an experience and you want to remember certain parts of prior experiences. So, um, if we're combining a visual and a sensory, uh, you're going to have an uh, interesting effect too because the uh, sensory could be something that um, your eye could be picking up certain things and def defining what something is because of certain light or because of you know seeing something that's a source of information is you know the the visual cue we see a lot of digital visual images and we respond in a different way too so in the the actual uh, use of a lot of the visual areas um, the important attributes are um, communicated through color through form through depth and movement. And these are some of the actual elements that um, are related to visual communication. And as we go through this too, it's um, as if we're in a design mode of something, those are four attributes that are very important because they also help to give you um, or give the, the viewer more information so that they can make sense of something. The word Q is C-U-E is um, implying an action and it's really um, interesting too because when you think of the Q, C-U-E versus um, a clue, C-L-U-E, which actually the clue is more of a, a specific um, creative investigation or curiosity and so again from a language or word sense there's not a whole lot of difference in the sp physical spelling of the word just the L is in there but the idea is that the um, it's quite interesting because a clue that's looking from the aspect of um, a little um, curiosity you know, curious curiosity doesn't require action, but the word Q is coming up with um, a response of a certain type of action. So um, it's more specific by looking at it from a CUE perspective. And so um, the idea here is that some of the words can be very confusing in some ways, uh, not knowing what you're supposed to be doing when you see that or feel it. And so there are some subtle ways that uh, different uh, imagery can be used. And again, it's taking a look at visual cues for ourselves. It's um, the idea of having a cue being a request for change and an action perspective. So it's uh, interesting because not everyone sees things the same way too. And also each person has a different um, use of the emotion. So there might be a cue that was set up or was uh, offering an 
uh, an emotion and maybe that emotion was not a typical emotion. So then certain people would um, have response to that in a different way. And that's interesting too because some of it is perception so that as we go along here, the idea that these are different skills and we actually in our mindsets, um, we're looking um, at something as a visual and we might see something and then we we go through our own uh, organization in our mind and um, our everyday environment might be something that is pretty uh, simple for us to be able to relate to, but possibly it's not something that someone else would. And so it's a learning process so that as we work within this process, um, we want to not just learn, but also share with others um, as we work through the imagery and the, and the process. And part of this um, effort with pausing and using visual uh, imagery is um, very valuable to have something that is going to bring up a response so that you can feel better. Uh, maybe the imagery right now, we have lots of um, activities that we see imagery around us in the digital world, the uh, on our phones, we see it all over the news, um, political environments, and um, that imagery can give us a false sense of reality. And so we might want to um, organize our own selves so that we can be looking and feeling the imagery that makes us feel better. Possibly certain kinds of nature uh, is calming and certain colors. And so we think of in the terms of the attributes, you know, the different attributes, again, are um, looking at color, you know, a form, how the depth of field is there. And movements. So these are very important so that as we are considering a visual that relates to something of peace, uh, that we feel at peace, um, is something that we're going to have choices here too. So that as we look at imagery, uh, we might be looking at nature and think, wow, that is just so beautiful. But the word beautiful itself can be confusing because it also brings up a lot of different um, relationship to um, thoughts and processes and, uh, and uh, assumptions. Um, and everyone has that um, process going on. When you have a word, it brings up a particular kind of emotion too. So um, we just need to keep understanding that um, our relationship to the imagery is really a personal choice too. And we have uh, things that we are thinking about and the imagery happens. So it's kind of a, a very quick process too. So we're going to find ourselves not remembering possibly, but then we think of a response and then that's going to bring up new responses to ourself as well. And, and in that process, it's going to have a feeling that's going to then give us a positive or a negative and we can then make choice to, to either accept it or move on to a different image. 
So we like to look at intentional visual uh, cues being something that we intentionally choose and can be in control of the, the response area too. So it comes to looking at it as a strategy and a skill, and we want to think of a lot of this as um, obvious learning process too, so that we may not have thought about this in our uh, life focus, but it's also us not just relearning some of the practices possibly, but also putting in place ways for ourselves to become more calm or thinking in terms of uh, helping ourselves think in a different level of focus. And appreciation, uh, gratitude, a lot of the emotions that come along, if we're trying to practice a different attitude, um, imagery can really help with that because it's also helping to em embrace visualization, empowering ourselves and looking at things from a different perspective. So, um, as we look at, at this more in terms of learning, it, it goes back to how do we learn and what are the basic skills and the pro learning processes so that um, it really is not dependent upon an age limit or a um, process. It's more, you know, if someone's very interested in, in uh, putting this into place, they need to recognize that there is value and that it is, does take working through and uh, allowing herself to um, learn something new. And when we um, open ourselves uh, to learning, there are different effects as well. Sometimes we might find ourselves trying to learn something, but we're integrating it into a, a topic area that maybe we're not used to. And when we do that, uh, it becomes a process of, okay, we, we learn, we look at what it is it is our intention is, uh, what are we trying to learn? And in that process, in the learning mode, uh, we want to be open to having patience with ourselves. And we say, okay, well, here's some imagery that will help uh, slow our minds down in a way of being able to uh, really be present and say, okay, well, this is going to take practice. So as you practice, you become more and more into a um, habit of certain ways of thinking. And your mind will also start reacting that way too, so that it's, um, it's really uh, taking it and owning it in a way that we um, are intend intentionally focused and we see the value of it and we practice and we keep uh, it front and center. So how do we remind yourself? Well, it's a different way too, uh, depending upon what you're trying to learn. But uh, reminders can be as simple as having something visually that you look at, like on your cell phone or on your desktop, your wallpaper. Um, cues around ourselves help to trigger a different response and um, uplifting imagery. Uh, you know, for myself, I do a lot of floral uh, photography, and that's just very much my own self um, outside being um, in the environment and looking around at um, all what I call the sensory cues that are in the environment 
but I'm very directed in the intention and attention, and I find myself, uh, when I've been in that environment, um, when I pause and take a second look through my images that I've been uh, invited to share, um, it's just very uplifting. And so I use that for myself as a cue because when I remember what it was that I took the picture, uh, what kind of picture it was, and I also remember what I felt. So it brings forward a lot of experience when you do that pause. And that's very valuable too because then that imagery will stay with you and it becomes a memory. So again, it's retrievable. It is a visual uh, information for yourself that's retrievable. And when you do that, too, it is um, going to help in your situation as you recall that. It will help not just recall it, but also give you something to use in making decisions because it's um, something that gives you an emotion. And in the emotional area, that's where decisions do come up and they, they need to have a source of reality. So it does give you a chance to uh, be able to have a behavior that um, you're going to feel has is repeatable, but you're also seeing, because you're thinking a certain way, your emotion is going to also be a reality. So on a, on a separate note, we're going to take a quick pause and we will be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. When you slow down, you give yourself a gift of time for being. Here in the abundant flow, thought seeds grow. Daily moments rush past and disappear into memory. Surround yourself with an essence of nature and feel a renewed sense of hope and peace. Watching a bee gather pollen, the wind playing with leaves, garden flowers presenting their unique colorful faces. These are the simple joys possible. Our natural world gets left behind in the concrete jungle, digital maze, or inner and outer environment systems. Make a choice to fill your mind with uplifting images surrounding you with invisible access on your mobile devices, in your working and living environments. Pause pads are a quick momentary retreat for your mind to find a space to pause in the middle of a busy day for a moment for a reality break from a busy schedule, or as a reminder to take time for yourself to get uplifted. The pause pad break has so many benefits and yet is like a lily pad floating around in sight and in mind as a space to experience an immediate sense of calm. Take a break, hit the pause pad button, or send an email to mcspectrums at gmail.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mindful Space to Pause with your host, Dee Lee. If you'd like to connect with the show, we'd love to hear from you via email. You can send them to mcspectrums at gmail.com. That's mcspectrums at gmail.com. Now, back to Mindful Space to Pause. Welcome back to Mindful Space to Pause. I'm Dee Lee, and we're exploring what it means for intentional visual cues, uh, C-U-E-S, and visual cues are all around us. 
Um, we try to work with, you know, there's ex- environmental cues as well. Um, there's different kinds of visual cues that also relate to um, topic matter if you're a speaker and you look at um, trying to relate to a group of people, um, your audience can actually give you feedback because some of that relation is uh, it's immediate feedback because maybe they're um, going to give you a visual cue that you said something or ex- exchange some information and then they're going to give you a visual or nonverbal uh, response whether they understand it or if they don't understand it. And if you're really tapped into that um, relationship, uh, you can then gauge your feedback based upon what you're seeing or feeling. And as you're paying close attention to the cues from your audience, so it's looking at cues in a different way, but it's also being paying attention and being present so that you can be utilizing this information for yourself. On the other side, we are thinking in terms of the imagery that's available to you as you are sharing the woods or the trails or um, looking at um, beautiful pictures, um, however, in a magazine or on a, a digital device. Um, you're going to find that if you're paying close attention in that situation too, you're going to be responding in your yourself to those uh, photos. And if there's other kinds of cues like um, sound and you're going to possibly hear and see um, a combination of something that you're you're uh, getting eye contact with certain um, other um, potentials, then um, that helps in the cue process too, so that you're going to note whether um, your message got across or possibly that you picked up a message, possibly if you're visually uh, sharing something and you're the recipient too, or the invitation is for you to be a recipient if you're not responding in a certain way that um, that seems like you're participating. Maybe you're um, too busy on your device or you're not really present. So these become visual ways of um, relating to others. And they're usually um, pretty simple. You know, I mean, essentially, if you're uh, relating to others in a process of exchange of information, sometimes there are other uh, aids that help, you know, different um, combinations of showing someone something and or not just um, having the discussion in words, but um, also having, you know, the explanation. Um, it also relates to nonverbal, uh, which has to do with body language. So there's a lot of different ways to pick up cues. Um, and uh, we just have to be very careful that we're relating to a reality prospect here, too, that we're picking up something that's real. And um, we perceive certain things based upon the information that we're picking up and that we're actually present so that we can make sure that um, it's a good exchange. So visual cues are um, 
they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And so when we think about exchanging information, there's a, a way to share a visual imagery that um, is so much more expedient than trying to have a long discussion with words because then people get lost and they're trying to understand the words and they're trying to keep up with the points. So there are ways to utilize this for um, different types of scenarios too. And when we um, participate ourselves fully in the process and the delivery, we're using a lot of different parts of ourselves. And the more that we can share in a simple way that people can pick up and know that we're not just um, non uh, non physically there. We're we're actually sharing in a in a real exchange. They're going to pick up the information themselves as being a receiver of that. So uh, it's a very interesting process. And as we look at learning, because we're all learning in different ways. Uh, we want to look at it in the the best way to exchange the information that we're trying to to actually exchange. So um, when we think in the terms of the system and we look at um, the visual system itself, um, our brain is thinking of uh, different things and the thoughts come processing through. Um, some of it is um, in the different processes, a different left to right or different process going on in our brains, and it can get rather technical. So we try to look from the standpoint of our eyes and really think about certain things and relate to something. And maybe our discussion with ourself, um, we're actually taking ourself actively into the image. And when we do that, we can find ourselves understanding things better because we might be more present with whatever the message is. Um, color is one of the attributes, and there's been a lot of theory and studies around that. And how is um, how is color seen? And um, very interesting as a, a cue. As long as we're present with something, we're going to be associating colors to different meanings too. So in our in our learning all around, in the process of our lives from young people all the way through, um, we have different colors and different colors from different perspectives um, sometimes have different meanings or they can be translated into a different word. So for example, uh, the color white has been translated as something pure or innocent. Purple is a color that uh, is has a status of royalty. So visual uh, symbolization of these um, make uh, for some interesting exchange. If they're done correctly, then people pick up the information in a different way than if something is shown and it's not quite standard, it could cause some some chaos. And um, it's something where, again, keeping in mind, um, as we're not just the recipients, we're also providers of information. We want to have some knowledge of how the different methods and the things that come along are um, 
going to re- be received. So it's it's interesting when we look at um, how a, a color might define an object. Like we look at um, Earth. You know, Earth is made up of such variety of. Co- I mean, nature has so much color out and around and in different ways. But we think of it in terms of um, earth is green, earthy things are green or brown, and those help to make us feel like they're going to be natural and healthy. Or if something is, um, you know, blue, that's like the sky, an unlimited feeling possibly. It might be an emotional feeling or possibly um, looking at colors that are cool, you know, cool colors like blue. And calm colors help to when someone uses these different uh, colors within um, setting up a, 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 their uh, environment, um, it can have effect on people. And so, from another attribute of form, you know, those are different dots and shapes and lines. Um, the dot is the simplest form, yet it is something that you'll see that somewhere and you'll have an immediate curiosity. So it can also divide attention between something where you say, okay, well, we've got these two dots, you know, that shows separation of something. When you have something that ends up with different um, concepts, you've got several different dots maybe together or a line, then you're going to say, oh, well, they're trying to create a focus point and also move you along on the line so that you end up moving um which is really a line is there's just no space between the dots. So it could be the movement part um, that essentially you're feeling the, the line is a boundary must possibly. And in your mind, you're thinking in terms of um, the visual and how do you feel with that visual? Um, and so we look at it in the perspective of, okay, is that um, a question or is it something that we feel like we're flowing forward or backwards? Um, it's also a combination possibility of a pattern. And these patterns can give you different feelings of understanding or possibly a shape would show up so that maybe there there's something that um, is normal in your environment or possibly in, in nature that you've seen or related to that is a shape of a pattern um, such as a heart shape. You know, when, when you look at um, leaves, leaves a lot of times have a heart shape and that will then trigger in ourselves, you know, looking at nature with a heart. That's an invitation to interpret it that way, or possibly you'll be seeing a circle. And when we sense a certain shape, possibly we that brings up our own um, response based upon uh, our possible exposure to things, the different shapes and how we, we felt about certain things. Um, such as, you know, circles um, are important attention getters. And it's interesting because our eyes are round. You know, human eyes are circles. And we um, see the, the imagery as a certain way, and we might have a certain feeling, which then brings up different moods. So that when we look at this, we're sometimes reminded that our eyes are really the window to our soul. And it's interesting how people interpret this, too. So there's different cues 
around uh, shapes, and some of them are energetic. Some of the shapes we might feel like we're in a box, um, and those shapes can then make us feel different uh, if we look at them in different ways. The um, cue that is very interesting has to do with depth, D-E-P-T-H, and um, it's interesting because most of the views on imagery are flat, but when we really want to take a perception of something with three dimensions, you're going to find when you look at a photo, there's a lot of times a lot of depth, and... um, the depth comes because we're using both of our eyes in a sense and we want to consider looking at things in a way using all of the different attributes um, including gradients and time and perspective of texture and patterns. Um, When we combine all of these cues into an image and we know that we're actually able to look at something Um, with a different set of uh, focus within ourselves and also our response to it. So um, another cue that is kind of interesting is movement. And this is when you actually put together a lot of the different attributes and um, then shows that images really have more of a uh, stimulus. So you're going to trigger some kind of response in your environment, um, someone viewing this, or your intention is to have movement um, by someone because of this image. And um, it's one of those where it's used in a lot of different marketing areas too. So if you if you have a certain scenario that is a flat image, someone's going to respond differently rather than having something that is a moving image and um, graphic moving images create curiosity. It's something where the elements of a photo might even have a situation where um, the photo might have, like in the background, a uh, kind of a depth where it's not very clear and you have something very much in the focus point, you're going to have something very clear that then someone's going to see first. So it's it's abstracts that trigger different emotions within um, our eyes and our viewing and the message comes along in how someone perceives that, that image and responds to it. So um, it's just very much dependent upon the image, how someone relates to it. So that what our goal here is, is that we want to not just understand this, but also practice so that in ourselves, we're able to respond to imagery in a positive way and actually um, choose imagery for ourselves that help us to feel better inside and out. And in that process, we're going to find ourselves empowering ourselves to Uh, demand more of that same feeling because it is very addictive when we feel better. Um, We are responding not just to a visual, but we're also sharing that experience with others. When we feel better, they're going to find ourselves more energetic, possibly sharing a smile uh, or a twinkle of an eye. That creates joy 
with others. And when we share that, it's like a continuance of experience. So when we look at cues and visual cues, we want to look for ways that um, we can have a habit of, of triggering the response in a positive way. And that helps to be shared and we then have that matching of the way that we think and turning on the the buttons Um, in a strategy perspective, you know, as we want to trigger ourselves to do something and or respond in a different way. So reminders, we, we all have reminders that we need sometimes and visual cues can help with the reminder if we take time to really think about what we're trying, what is our goal or intention and um, possibly there's a little notepad you have or a, a, a way to respond to yourself um, so that it's a simple experience experience um, that you might actually want to draw yourself a note and uh, have something that's rather fun that would be the the um, request on this cue this cue card or visual cue and have it say oh in your mind you're you're thinking one way but you're also responding to your reminder with something that's like oh well this is what my goal is this is my intention and I want to then do these different subsequent um, emotions or uh, trigger a, a you know process, and that little posted or image then is your reminder. And as you practice with that reminder, you're going to find it easier and easier that that's going to then generate something that's um, going to cause more things to happen on autopilot, which is a habit. On that note, we're going to take a quick pause and we will be back shortly. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. When you slow down, you give yourself a gift of time for being. Here in the abundant flow, thought seeds grow. Daily moments rush past and disappear into memory. Surround yourself with an essence of nature and feel a renewed sense of hope and peace. Watching a bee gather pollen, the wind playing with leaves, garden flowers presenting their unique, colorful faces. These are the simple joys possible. Our natural world gets left behind in the concrete jungle, digital maze, or inner and outer environment systems. Make a choice to fill your mind with uplifting images surrounding you with invisible access on your mobile devices, in your working and living environments. Pause pads are a quick momentary retreat for your mind to find a space to pause in the middle of a busy day for a moment for a reality break from a busy schedule or as a reminder to take time for yourself to get uplifted. The pause pad break has so many benefits and yet is like a lily pad floating around in sight and in mind as a space to experience an immediate sense of calm. Take a break. Hit the pause pad button or send an email to mcspectrums at gmail.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Mindful Space to Pause with your host, Dee Lee. If you'd like to connect with the show, we'd love to hear from you via email. You can send them to mcspectrums at gmail.com. That's mcspectrums at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Mindful Space to Pause. Welcome back to Mindful Space to Pause. And we're discussing the intentional visual cues that um, help to provide us with um, active uh, participation and uh, simple process that we do a lot of imagery um, or we use for ourselves. We relate to imagery in a different way than we do words. And as we're adding um, information for ourselves and looking for ways to be present and feel differently in different situations, visual cues can really help that because they're all around us. We can also be putting different visuals um, around us as a choice too by putting up some reminders. Possibly an image has a, a feeling that uh, is a great way to um, put in front of yourself somewhere that, um, and then in your mind have it available to re-view. Um, if you have a certain emotion, possibly a visual in your mind can help switch uh, to a different mood. Uh, visual cues help learning uh, different uh, styles also so that our brains switch around so that um, because a lot of the words that we have that we use and also hear every day uh, have different meanings and possibly different experiences, we want to sometimes um, change the meaning of the words for ourselves. Um, but it's very powerful to add stories um, because if we have different things that we're learning, if we add a story to it, we're going to remember a combination of process rather than just one or two elements of it. So there are ways to use visual cues to be looking for uh, understanding. It helps not just yourself too, but also as you add a story to something, you might be able to remind yourself to um, be acting a different way different way or possibly uh, sharing something differently and um, that can help a whole lot of others around you um, learn in a in a different way that this is the way something something needs to happen or um, that your expectation is different or 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 so um, a lot of it has to do with ourselves starting and looking at um, the different information, how is it showing up, and what is um, going to happen when we relate to a visual? Um, do we turn it into a word? Um, do we use stories for ourselves so we can remember connected parts to a something? Um, possibly um, having something a little lighter feel. So if you have a story that you put together, and um, maybe you're just using a word and start looking at it from a, a different perspective. You can make it more fun. And when things become more fun, then they become more light and possibly humorous that then it um, becomes a combination of, of experience for yourself to have not just a mental thinking experience but also relate to all of your senses so you have different sounds possibly or you attach different visual sight and it smells something you smell something different you taste something different and it, and it has a pattern maybe to it that when you touch it it has a different feel 
when you do that, you're going to have all of your senses involved in the process and it becomes more possible that you're going to have that possibility of, of um, repeat uh, experience because of all of yourself being there in a um, complete package or you're experiencing not just a flat image but you're intentionally wanting to have a relationship with something um, by having more involvement with it as many ways that you can you're going to find yourself remembering or experiencing or um, having a, a reminder that's going to really be a powerful change or shift. So visualization is and vision is um, not just a, a way to cope with anxiety or whatever, but it's also used in a lot of interaction as we go through different things too. And we, we find ourselves um, relating to things faster sometimes because of some experience and we're saying, okay, well, um, possibly this is a related party here or possibly not, or it's inspirational. Um, we're going to have uh, situations where sometimes a visual will be bringing up something negative and then the thought processes can become difficult to manage because that can run off the other way and we want to be able to capture those situations so that you're able to shift into a more um, stronger um, empowered situation to feel better about whatever is going on uh, within yourself or within your environment. And part of this is not just letting us uh, wander around. We're, we're practicing presence for each of our moments, hopefully, uh, as much as possible. And um, as we're involving ourselves in our total self, we're going to find ourselves experiencing um, more uh, chance of some output of something that we want. And as we look at these different scenarios um, and interact with ourselves, we're just really looking at um, ways to remind ourselves, um, look for things that um, can shift us in a way that is, becomes more of a habit. And as we go through that, our days become more happy, possibly by the end of the day, because we're more um, actually together in, in our environments and with our environments. And uh, we start out, as we've mentioned, our day, we um, like to take some space and pause in the morning to plan out our day. And um, as we look at ways that we can um, help ourselves efficiently uh, do the goals and intentional choices that we need to make, um, we're going to find our day having a little different feeling in our during the day and also at the wind up at the end of the day, uh, being able to remember what it is that you um, really experienced. And as we go from day to day, sometimes we want to find ourselves um, building block steps, uh, creating new habits and and having desired change happen. And in doing this, we're going to find our, our stepping stones possibly becoming more specific 
And as we change our way of doing things, uh, we're going to find our relationships with ourselves and ourselves and with um, others around us changing. Uh, there's a lot of detail in this process, too. So we have to start somewhere. And um, we work with different imagery and we work with certain, you know, certain things called vision boards, possibly, or visualization um, and empowerment is one of the biggest areas that we have as an opportunity because that's something we can help ourselves with. It's an active involvement. And as we move along with this, we're going to be creating um, a, a new story possibly for ourselves or the expectation of output. And that's pretty exciting um, in this process of visual uh, goals and seeing things in more sensory you know, focuses is where um, we actually have the opportunity to make a change and switch the, the mood that you might be presented with, either with yourself or your environment. And no one else has to know that you're shifting. You're able to pull yourself along into a different direction. And I just find that very exciting. So again, it's um, we want to take a closer look at different things. There's um, all kinds of possibility of um, you know cues and um, certain things that visual cues are really signals to ourselves, and we they're they're acting on the subconscious level. And as we become more connected to these uh, signals, we can relate to them and know that, okay, certain kind of thing, the, you know, the body language, the eye contact, our facial expressions, someone else's expressions, these are all signals that um, you're re- sending and receiving, and sometimes we don't even know that we're sending them. Or that we will usually know that we're receiving certain things, but we may not be cognizant of it. So we, the more that we're practicing and really aware of how the different space is with, around us and how we're reacting to it, the variety of opportunity here is huge as we become more in practice process. So it's a very interesting process going on, and we want to participate in a different way. So really, it's a mindset, and we look at our cues and our visual cues that we receive and we send and we share um, is um, a possibility that maybe we're uh, doing this within our environments, but also within our nature around us. Uh, when you look at nature and the cues that it is providing, it's unlimited. There's just, you know, all of the aspects and elements are there, the shapes, the colors, the exchange of just a lot of life going on. And um, when we take the opportunity to really look at this as a journey, it's a fascinating journey. And the more that you can participate with it, um, the more interesting your moments are, too. Here is a poem I wrote that speaks to this focus. When I open my eyes, I see love flows freely through me. When I open my ears, I hear floating songs of melody. When I open my feelings, I ensure I am truly connected. When I open my voice, I share my vocal light everywhere. When I tune to my sense of smell, I'm enveloped in dancing aromas. 
When I open my full heart, I know I'm made of a lot of parts. And with this mindful sensing, I find the creator is simply in me. So pause with us next time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and have a great pausing weekend. Thank you for joining us this week on Mindful Space to Pause. Tune in every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition featuring your host, Dee Lee, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you next time.